I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about, which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season, as they share this mission with us and are such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain. But choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, Water wipes are suitable for newborn, sensitive, and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us all take those important steps towards greater confidence while building a community of support for every mum. In this episode, I'm joined by the soulful Miriam Hussey, a health, yoga, and meditation coach pharmacist and co-creator of Soul Space. In today's world of non-stop activity, Miriam understands that our health is being challenged like never before, and through her work she is leading the way in preventative healthcare and lifestyle as medicine. But as a new mum with an eight-week-old, we talk about how this has helped her, because she now knows how quickly as mothers we can forget about our needs and become depleted. Miriam shares her game-changer techniques to help us all reframe every situation and reset our stress levels so that we can be calmer, more centered and grounded mums. And most importantly of all, we talk about why when we think about health, we need to be thinking about mind, body and soul. Miriam, thank you so much for joining me on Every Mum, the podcast as our guest this week. And firstly, congratulations on being a new mum eight weeks in. How are you feeling? Thank you so much, firstly, um, Sinead, for having me um, on this podcast. And yeah, thank God. Uh, I'm doing really well. We have a beautiful little boy, Elijah, and he's eight weeks. And thankfully, you know, myself and my husband, we've, you know, we're transitioning and adapting as well as we can. And we are really enjoying the journey, actually, despite the madness of COVID and everything that has been going on over the last few weeks, it's been, it's been a roller coaster. you know, it, it has been up and down and ins and outs and the uncertainty of, I suppose, having a baby during a pandemic um, has certainly, certainly added fuel to the whole um, energy that's involved in having a baby as it is, but we are doing well and we're, I suppose, taking it every day as it comes, um, you know, trying to, um, nourish all of the blessings that we feel we're very blessed with and um and be grateful for what we do have and even if it is a challenging day even if there is a sleepless night um i always try and bring it back to gratitude and look down at my beautiful baby and say he's healthy i'm healthy you know it's a blessing to to have this incredible human in our lives and it just always makes whatever I am going through at that time, whether it's challenging or emotional or whatever, it makes it just feel you, you, you know, more you're able to get through it and more, 
I suppose, enjoyable and you're more appreciative of what you do have as opposed to maybe focusing on what's not going well in that moment. That makes sense. Absolutely. And as a woman and as a couple, you've really, um, you've kind of given your lives towards the, the betterment of health and the focus and the prioritization of all round wellness um, in your careers and in your passions. Do you think that that has, I'm sure it has, it, it's bound to have supported you in that transition? Yeah, I, I absolutely believe it has, um, without a shadow of a doubt, actually, to be honest. Um, I think without having um, my own developed and I suppose prioritized my own self-care practices, um, looking at my lifestyle and my husband's lifestyle and our family, you know, lifestyle um, as a whole and looking at that integrated approach and how we go about our day-to-day lives in that mind, body, soul, looking at the emotional body, looking at the physical body, looking at our mental body and developing almost like, um, you know, a bubble of these self-care practices to enable me then to transition in the best possible way, I think has been absolutely um, incredibly powerful and has allowed me to enjoy the journey. So um, I often, I often, you know, have this analogy that I describe and it's like you're driving down a, a really bumpy road. And if you're driving down this really bumpy road, but you're in a nice solid car, you know, it's quite a new car. You have good shock absorbers. You look after the car well. You know, you get it serviced. You can have your NCT. And you're driving down this really, really bumpy road. You'll still, you know, have the bumps and the road will still be, you know, that wobbly, jerky road. But you'll be fine. You know, you'll get through it and it still can be an enjoyable road, uh, road trip. But if you're driving down that exact same road, but the car maybe is older, you're not looking after it as well, shock absorbers are gone, you can imagine driving down that road, it, you will feel every single bump and wobble and jiggle and it won't be that comfortable and it'll be less enjoyable. And I think that's exactly what life can be like, whether that's a transition into motherhood, um, parenting, whether that's a new career, whether it's dealing with an illness or grief or whatever it may be. The car and the shock absorbers, I think, relate to the, the lifestyle that you live and your self-care practices that you develop and that you almost envelop yourself around and within. And they then help you to transition and get through these challenging, bumpy roads in our lives um, with more ease and with more grace. Take me back then to your journey. What has led you into discovering the value of these things and devoting, I suppose, so much of yourself and your passions and your careers to it. You started off in pharmacy. Yeah, so I started off um, studying pharmacy in RCSI here in Dublin and then went on to practice as a community, community care pharmacist for almost 10 years. And I suppose in that world, um, I learned so much um, and it was such a, a less lifelong lesson and growth for me to go, go through the pharmaceutical, the Western world of medicine um, and pharmacy, because it really opened up my eyes to the way that we look at our health. But more importantly, Sinead, what happens when something happens, our health and our, um, our health is taken away from us. So we have an illness or a disease. Um, and I suppose what I really realized during this whole time was that of course there's a time and a place for medicine and absolutely it has saved lives. 
But what I also realized was the limitations that it can often have and that we in this Western world have almost become a society or have developed a culture where there's a pill for every ill. And what this has done is it will treat the symptom, but it sometimes it doesn't actually get to the root cause of what might be causing the sickness or the illness in the first place. And when you look at the word disease, it means a lack of ease. So that can be a lack of ease in the mind, maybe a lack of ease in the emotional body, maybe a lack of ease um, in your relationships, in your career. Um, so all of this really opened up my eyes. And instead of band-aiding things just with, you know, medication, obviously, yes, the time and the place, but I started to ask bigger questions. And I started to look into this more holistic, integrated approach, which looks at the whole person. And I think what really made this, um, what I really realized in this was I would see um, customers or patients coming in and I'd fill out their prescription and give them their box of tablets and they'd leave the pharmacy and they'd go off and they'd go about their lifestyle and they'd come back a month later and I'd refill the prescription pad and off they'd go again. And this was happening month after month. But what I was realizing was nothing in their lifestyle was changing from one month to the next. So if they were in a toxic relationship, they were still in it. Maybe they were in a job that wasn't inspiring them and that they were stressed about. You know, maybe they were eating really bad, not the right food that was causing inflammation in the body. Maybe their thoughts were quite negative and toxic that, were toxic, that was actually damaging the internal nervous system. So there's so much that we are doing on a day-to-day -day basis that's either enhancing and elevating our health and our well-being, or that's actually quite toxic and that's poisoning us every single day whether we know it or not so what i decided to do then is i started to look at other ways at which we can look to heal the body and try and integrate these so what i do now is bring everything that i've learned from the pharmacy world and integrate it with all the wisdom and the ancient teachings from the eastern philosophies so yoga meditation mindfulness um and looking at nutritional well-being looking at the mindset and psychology and how they all intermingle and when you look at the whole person it's incredible how that person can heal and transform in much a quicker way than just looking at one one way in, is in isolation if that makes sense in our last episode, um, I spoke with Lisa Murren from the, the Healthy Balance, and we spoke about how um, in her teens, she started having digestive issues and they discovered a massive ulcer. And she also was having lots of anxiety and panic. And from going down a therapy route, that the root of that was actually a trauma that was experienced when she was two and a half. And that had just manifested in lots of issues but one being digestive and that yes medicine was to play a part and certainly food was to play a part with eliminating different uh, food groups and seeking out those um, intolerances but actually it was the it's the whole it's the it's the mental it's the emotional it's the physical it was the balance of them all working together that has I suppose, sustained her going forward. Mm -hmm. And this sounds so similar. This, that, this is what we're talking about, that when we're looking at our health, it ha we have to look at it in a very integrated way and see ourselves as a whole being mm -hmm. and not just one part to fix. Absolutely. You know, um, you've said that beautifully. And it is, it's this integrated holistic approach 
And I really believe from what I've experienced um, it's down through the years in my own personal life and in my professional life, I really believe the root of all physical disease starts with an emotional, um, emotional imbalance. So something happens in our lives and it causes and potentially a trauma. And, and often trauma, we, we, we perceive to be a big life event that, you know, changed, that was a big catastrophe that changed my whole life. Often it's not, you know, traumas can be large ones, but they can be very small ones. And one of the biggest traumas that we can actually experience in life, believe it or not, is the feeling of not being enough or the feeling of not being good enough. And all of these feelings can create what I call a hole in our soul. And this hole that is created or a void um, leads to the development of emotions such as shame, blame, guilt, um, and these are quite low vibrational frequency emotions. Um, and these can harbor a lot of disease, lack of ease in the body, if not released, if they're not brought out of the body, if we hold them within, which we often do. And especially as women, we can try and you know, suppress this hole. We can try and fill it up with food, with alcohol, with you know, working too much. Um, you know, we can source, outsource this to external um, things that we hope that will meet that need or fill that void. But deep down, nothing will fill that void, that emotional hole or that seepage until we actually go back and revisit what it is that we feel that why we're not good enough. And we start to develop a more loving, harmonious relationship with ourselves. And the essence of that begins with forgiveness and it begins with self-compassion and being kinder and more loving to ourselves. And I, I really firmly believe that if we, especially as women, can start to develop a more loving relationship with ourselves, it's amazing how that can heal a lot of the stresses that we have in the body. And believe it or not, stress can be the fundamental root cause of so much of the lack of ease and the disease that manifests physically then in the body. And we are all energy. You know, every single thing in this world is energy and quantum science and physics is now showing that. And even every cell in our body is energy. It's moving. There's, you know, there's our whole body is moving all of the time. You know, there's blood moving through our systems right this minute. There's interstitial fluids. There's, you know, electrical impulses and signaling going on within every single one of us at this very moment. There's all of these cascades and things going on beneath the surface. But we're also energetically collected externally to our environment and to other people. And that's why sometimes when we go into a space, you can almost pick up on vibes you know we hear good vibes only and all of this so the vibrational frequency at which we're admitting our lives can either create and manifest more blessings in our lives or actually create or manifest more toxicity and more um, negativity in our lives and that's why the power of that mind-body connection the thoughts that we think actually cause a vibrational frequency and we will emit an energy so you know when someone walks into a room you'll say they can light up the room they might not have said anything, but their energy, you know, is infectious. So I'd ask, you know, all of us, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, what is the energy that I'm admitting today? You know, would somebody be attracted to my energy today or would they be repelled by it? And a lot of the energy we admit off and the frequencies we give off comes back to the foods that we're eating, the thoughts that we're thinking, the sleep that we're getting or not getting, you know, the, um, our mood. Um, our stress levels, you know, are we like a Tasmanian devil running around stressed and people can pick up on that energy or are we more calm and centered and grounded? So all of these things 
are what I call this integrated approach to looking after our health and our wellness. And might have gone off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I hope that makes sense to, to you and, and to your listeners. It does, but what it is, what's sticking with me is that that what you said that as women we're so bad, and I, I I've had lots of conversations through this work, but also um, you know just with friends, with family, with people in the office, with everybody. As women, we we carry on, you know, we suppress, and and especially when it comes to the transition into motherhood. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden the priorities of those that you care for and care, you know, and are raising, they become your priority and your own self-care, giving yourself even a moment to say, why am I stressed? Why am I feeling this energy? Why am I bringing this energy into this room? Those things disappear. Those moments of calm disappear. Um, your control over your day disappears because you might feel like, well, that that's the plan, but then, you know, mm-hmm. babies and toddlers and children don't follow plans. Um, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there's also this feeling of, I can't ask for help because there's shame in that. I can't show that I'm struggling because there's shame in that. I'm self-comparison against those that I feel are doing a better job than I am. And I had a wonderful conversation with somebody once around how trauma is mistaking. Some people mistake trauma as a one big life event Mm -hmm. that you can explain something back to. Oh, it must, it was that time. That's what happened. As opposed to the micro moments in your life Mm -hmm. that are all adding up. And I think that's why certainly in postpartum, it's so important to support women through this transition and through all of these emotions and feelings, because there is such an intense integrated physical shift happening. Your body has completely changed. Your control system has completely changed. Your emotions have completely changed and your sense of self has completely changed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, back to that word, you know, trauma that you used, um, I did some work last summer in LA with uh, studying yoga psychology and we had this expert come in and talk to us about, you know, trauma um, and informed trauma. And one of the biggest things she said, you know, to reiterate, it's not always one big life event. She said, really the definition of trauma is anything in your life whereby your nervous system just cannot cope. Mm. And that is so many of us on so many days of our lives, you know, and especially as you said, um, new moms and or not just new moms you might have a couple of kids you know um, and there are times during the day where your nervous system is going to be stimulated and overactive and and that then is is defined as quite a traumatic experience yet we don't see that as trauma and therefore then we think oh my god I'm not coping and everything is really difficult and so there might be or there must be something wrong with me what's wrong with me I can't deal with this everybody else seems to be coping fine and I'm not and this comparison thing comes the voice of comparison comes in so really you know what I found very very useful in these early days um, and I'm obviously in office like I'm I'm a first-time mom and he's only eight weeks so I'm still the learning process for me and every day is a school day but what I have found to be invaluable 
And it's something I have, have had to work hard at. It didn't just come overnight. It's years of practice is, is, you know, to try and let go of that comparison and that non-judgment and not to judge myself. But I, what I have found invaluable is to reframe things. So yes, you know, you don't have this control over your day, um, but that's okay. You know, so it's trying to, you know, let go of the resistance. So I think the more we resist something like my day should be like this, or I used to be like this, or I thought I'd be in the park by 10 o'clock and I'm not there. That then, if you get attached to that and you start to resist the way you, you know, it, it is, and you want it to be it the way it's not, that's just going to drive stress and it's going to drive anxiety. So if you can let go of the need for it to be a certain way, and trust that it's happening exactly as it's meant to. It might not be the way you want it to, but that is okay. That for me has been the biggest game shit changer and to try and reframe every situation. So yes, it's not like A, I wanted it to be X, Y, and Z. And now it's like B, it's like Z, D, and G. <laughs> um, and that's okay, you know, and come back to, Am I okay? Am I healthy? Is my child healthy and well? Are we all, you know, get back to the bigger picture and start to reprioritize things and get back to that great gratefulness. You know, like even the other day, I'm like, I haven't been getting out much, obviously, because of COVID. So I was meeting a friend and I was all ready to go. I know the typical then big poo up the back, the whole lot. It was like one of those incidents where I just get him into the bath because there's no cleaning this no. up. And, um, like, I could have got attached to that and, oh, I'm running late and blah, blah, blah. But she said, you know what? I just laughed at her and said, I'm going to be a few minutes late. It's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. And I think if we can just not be as hard on ourselves, we can kind of just not judge the situation and not resist the outcome. And it's almost like, you know, if you're standing at the edge of the ocean and there's waves coming in, and like you're standing there with a stick and you're trying to beat the wave back because you don't want it to come in. People would think she's a lunatic. What is she doing? Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like, you know what? Use the stick as a surfboard and get out there and get on the wave and just have a laugh and you'll fall around and get mashed up and down. That's life, you know? And I think if we can go with the flow, ride the waves, ride the uncertainty um, and not get so attached to what we want it to be, because that's ego. And ego will always just end up in anxiety and stress and um, you'll be beating yourself with that. I'm not good enough bush, you know, or bat. Um, so I think for me, reframing the situation, looking at it with a different lens and just breathing through whatever situation is unfolding. And, you know, we all say we haven't time to do X, Y, and Z, but you can take a second, four seconds, eight seconds to take a deep breath in. And that does reset the nervous system. You know, the simple act of taking five deep breaths will reset your nervous system and take you from fight or flight, anxious, highly stressed state into the parasympathetic, which is rest, digest, more relaxed, more calmer state. And when you're there, then you can make a better decision. Then you won't react as much. Then you might shout your head off at your kids. You might just say, okay, that's okay. You know, and you'll come at the situation with hopefully a clearer, more more calmer perspective. Letting go and going with the flow. And I, I don't come naturally. I ha like, I'll, I'll fully admit that mm -hmm. it's not my natural form and it's something that I really have to work on. And I notice though, that it has to be constant 
practices of various things in my week in order for me to be able to do just as you described and to be able to immediately transition into that take the five deep breaths take the calm that can only that sort of disappears out of my mind frame even though I'll have spoken to you and even though I know it's 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 really strong and solid advice but unless I'm kind of um in a life stage and prioritizing that right Monday I'm doing my yoga Tuesday I'm getting out for my walk Wednesday I'm making sure that I'm you know going to bed early whatever it is but if I abandon all of those things I know from from past I can't turn on that go with the flow freedom yeah is that um, is that normal absolutely that is so so normal it's human you know and we are human beings and you know we are we're not perfect Mm. you know Um, nobody is um and everybody is different as well so this concept of bio individuality where no two people are the exact same and thankfully so you know we're all different but it's finding what works for you and as you said, you know, if you do the X on a Monday and Y on a Tuesday, that helps you kind of to stay on track. But what I have found useful, and I'm similar to you as well, Sinead, I have to really catch myself. And I have to, you know, if I'm finding myself that I'm restricting or resisting or not going with the flow, I'll have to, do, I have a certain questions, a few questions that I'll ask myself and say, okay, is this nourishing me right now? Is this of benefit to me and my child right now and my family? Or is this actually causing more stress? Is this pulling me back from the person that I want to be today? Um, what I'll also say is, am I attaching to this unnecessarily? And is it, do I need to? Can I, can I just say, okay, can I let it go? So start having certain questions where you catch yourself. And what I found really useful is I've developed a thing called a code, C-O-D-E. And it's a calendar of daily events. So every morning, um, what I'll do is I'll sometimes I have it in a little journal beside my bed, but that's like too much work at the moment because I'm feeding and all of that. Like that's just too organized. That's not going to happen. You need several but hands for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was what I used to do um, prior to having kids. Um, but what I do now is in the kitchen, I'll just have a, like a sheet of paper and sometimes I just stick it on the fridge and we'll have a chat between myself and my husband and say, what do you need today? What's the one thing that you need today for your own sanity or for your own health, for your own well-being? And that might be, I'll say to him, you know what, I really would like to get out to the sea for a swim this evening. Or can I get 10 minutes to go on my yoga mat? Or you know what, I really like to make a green juice now this morning. And he'll say, well, I need to whatever X, Y, and Z. And we just work it that way. And if we can hold yourself, if you have someone in your house to hold yourself accountable and ask you, what do you need today? Is it just one thing? Um, and, and just when you have that, then you're more likely to do it. And then the more likely you are to do something nice um, for yourself that day is the more likely then you'll be a nicer mom. You know, you'll be nicer to the kids. Everyone's happy. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense. And if you do slip, it comes back to self-compassion because we all slip. But like that, we, you know, I let all myself practices slip I was absolutely wiped and I ended up developing a little bit of mastitis Mm. and I was like I just knew it because I let all my self practices go I wasn't getting any fresh air or exercise was kind of eating bad wasn't doing any yoga sleep was out the window 
and I just knew I overdid it. And your body will tell you, it'll make you stop in your tracks if you don't. So if you fall off, you know, that, you know, the slippery slope, that's okay, you know, and not to beat yourself up and not to be so hard on yourself and do one thing that you will know will nourish you that day to help you get back into that routine um, and get you back up on that, on the wagon again, as they'd say. So what are your key things, as you say, like what are the things that you know, and I suppose this might be even before, you know, eight, think eight weeks, before eight weeks ago, um, when you did have more time or, you know, what were the things that really fulfilled you in your integrated wellness? Yeah. So, well, but you know what fulfills me right now is getting a shower. So that's yeah, like I know. success. <laughs> that's why I'm like, go backwards because yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. That list is a, a hot cup of tea and a shower. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and again, it's to be okay with that, you know. And I think that's that's the the common theme or the lesson that I'm learning as I transition from maiden to motherhood is that it's it's going to be every day was different, and it's to accept and accept and accept and be grateful for what you do have in this moment. But skipping it back to eight weeks or even you know during my pregnancy my code or my calendar of daily events I what is one thing I can do today to nourish my body so that might be I'll have my hot water and lemon in the morning simple as that but I know it's a great way to start my start the day flushes out the liver gets the the digestive system moving all of that so I'll have my hot water and lemon um what else can I do for my body maybe it's a healthy breakfast maybe it's getting out for a walk getting some fresh air doing my yoga doing exercise something that I know will help the body today. Okay, so that's one thing. Then I look at, well, what's one thing I could do for my mind today? That might be a meditation, might be as simple as five minutes of, you know, putting the headphones in and listening to a nice uh, affirmations or a podcast or some positive music that I love. Um, what else would help my mind today? Some deep breathing, maybe some journaling, you know, help me to kind of get all that crap out of my head. It's like a brain dump, get it onto paper and then just get rid of it. So there, you know, what I can do for my body, what I can do for my mind, maybe a visualization, whatever it is, whatever works for you. Mm. And then what's one thing I could do for my soul today? And really, this is, I think, the biggest pillar of wellness in today's modern world that we're missing. Mm. We often hear about health and wellness. Like, yeah, absolutely. We think about health, wellness. We think about, you know, what nutrition. I think about fitness and food. And we often don't go into the deeper deeper elements of what real satisfaction what real joy is what real peace is and that comes from a nourished soul and what will nourish your soul and are you being nourished at the level of your soul because if you're not doesn't matter what green juice you're drinking what marathons you're running what job you're doing there will be a hole in your soul and you will never be fully fulfilled and what nourishes the soul? What is the soul, first and foremost? You know, as a mother, um, often, you know, we'll put everybody before ourselves. And what can happen is we get depleted. We can get physically depleted, mentally, emotionally depleted. But the last one that we will spot is the depletion at the level of the soul. Because we're trying to be all things to all people. And then our own inner calling, our own inner voice gets put on the back burner and it gets neglected or ignored or depleted. And long-term, the accumulation of depletion of the soul leads to things like 
just not feeling good enough, not feeling valued in your life, not having meaning, purpose, or passion. And that really causes, you know, an unhealthy overall energy system because the level of the soul isn't being nourished. So what can I do on a daily basis to, to develop the soul? Well, firstly, finding out what will nourish your soul, what brings you alive, what do you love to do? And as I said earlier, we are all different. So finding what brings you alive. So for some people, that's singing, that's painting, that's getting out in nature, you know, getting on a, a hike, going sea swimming. Um, it can be, you know, writing, drawing. It can be just even meeting up with friends and having a good laugh, you know. So we are even curling up with a good book. So what nourishes your soul? And it, can you find and prioritize if you can't do it on a daily basis maybe it's once a week or once a month even where you get your top up and you know when you do that you are more fulfilled more invigorated more refreshed more revitalized and when you do that then of course you're going to be a better mom you're going to be a better wife partner sister daughter friend so it's the things that are so unique to you that give you that joy that make you feel this whole living thing, this is what this is about. You know, it's, it's a spark of happiness somewhere within you that you can't, there's no touch point. Absolutely. There is no touch point and it's not physical, you know? So it's, it's that inner sense of when you think of being calm, when you think of being joyful, happy, content, um, at ease, these are all words that resonate with um, a nurse soul. And yes, you can't just pick ease out or calm or peace and look at it physically, you know, or love. These are things that are non-materialist, um, you know, non-material. So therefore, a lot of the times in order to get them, we get them through non-material things. So that might be sitting in meditation. It might be a laughing, you know, laughing or um, being in fresh air. Um, so these, these are ways that we nourish the soul. And really your soul is the deepest essence of who you are. You know, who, what were you here? What, why are you here on this planet? We all have a unique gift and talent. And what were you brought here to do? What is your gift? How can you shine your light? And that doesn't have to be on a big stage or, you know, anything whereby you have 50,000 Instagram followers. Not at all. Like you can be here to shine your light, to be an incredible mom. You know, that can be your soul's purpose or to, you know, help, whatever it is, how can you be of service to the world? And you'll often find when you're doing something that you love, it doesn't feel like work or you're just in the moment, you're in that flow state, uh, you feel at ease, you feel at peace, it brings you joy. When you prioritize that or find that, it's amazing how that will elevate your overall health, your well-being and elevate your, um, I believe, and I, I, you know, I'm still early in motherhood, but I believe elevate me to be a better mom and be a better person for those around me. I imagine when the soul is depleted, it is then that we actually try and fill ourselves up with the things that we shouldn't be filling ourselves up with. Because Absolutely. I know myself when I'm feeling huge slumps of not good enough or not, what is this for? Or, I'm, you know, you know, it, when you're having heavy days yeah. and you don't want to move, 
you don't want to exercise. Mm-hmm. You don't want to sit down to a lovely plate of greens. Yeah. <laughs> you want to bury the feelings, um, whether that's, you know, finishing the day with, right, I need the wine now, mm-hmm. or I need to get into that chocolate now, or we're not having a healthy dinner tonight. It, you can see, you can, and I know we all have those moments. Mm-hmm. And I'm from listening with you, it is, it's those times, it's those days where what you've described, I can't feel. Yeah. And that is what triggers me to feel like the only solution here is to try and uh, fill myself with the, yeah, the physical things that aren't good for me. Absolutely, Sinead. And, and that's, you know, that's been my journey. I, I struggled a lot with emotional eating um, and my relationship with food, you know, and from one way you know, extreme, not eating enough to the other way, overeating. And I did a lot of work with an incredible psychotherapist, you know, deep diving into all of this. And this is why I think I'm so passionate about this void, this hole in the soul, because mm. I knew at that time, you know, I, I thought the issue was never the issue. So for me, I thought the issue was the food, but the issue was never the issue. So the issue was, you know, I was in the wrong career. I was in a, you know, a relationship that wasn't right at the time. And and I was therefore trying to fill that void, you know, with food. Um, and when you unearth that, it's amazing what you can pull out and what you can see. And, and it's so normal and common. And, well, you know, especially in today's world of business and especially as moms, I mean, like we are trying to do everything for everybody. And even pre-COVID probably more than post-COVID because maybe we've had a lot of insights in, in the COVID times about slowing down. But, you know, if you're working and if you're, you know, if you think about it, it's not that long in the evolution of humanity, whereby women um, are now double jobbing. So, you know, we are doing what were traditionally our father's, you know, roles um, in, in career and while still maintaining the mom's role in the household. So we're kind of doing this juggling of double jobbing and it's having huge impact on our nervous system and our adrenal glands. And because we're living in heightened stress, go, go, go. And we're fueling ourselves with caffeine to get through the day. And then we're trying to cool down with wine at nighttime to manage the stresses. And all of this over time isn't good for us and isn't good for our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health. So if we're to break that down and, you know, press pause on, on our life right now and deconstruct it a little bit and just ask, well, where is it coming from? And what am I doing that's possibly contributing to it? And ask yourself very truthful and honest questions. You know, am I in a job that's really nourishing me? Do I need to be working these long hours? And if I do, do I like doing it? If that's one thing. And if I don't like doing it, well, are there other options? You know, can I go to part-time? Can I work from home? Can I, you know, X, Y, and Z? Looking at, you know, your relationships, you know, are you in, do you surround yourself with people that truly nourish you and want the best for you? Or are you in relationships that are maybe a little bit toxic and judgmental and gossipy? And if you're not feeling comfortable there, well, then why are you there? So asking yourself these questions and then looking at, you know, other, the other areas in your life, am I taking on too much? And can I put up boundaries, healthy boundaries? You know, can I learn to, you know, open my throat chakra and say no, you know? And because the more you say yes to everybody else's, the more you say no to yourself. 
And, you know, I think this is important for moms out there. And I know I've said it before in other podcasts, but if you, you know, if you were to ask, if I was to ask you, Sinead, or ask your listeners, you know, who are the top five people in your life right now? Prioritize top five people. And if you were to write them down right now on a piece of paper, you'd probably be able to think of, okay, top five people in my life. And then if I was to ask you, did you put yourself on that list? No. <laughs> and most people don't, you know? And the funny thing about this is, and it's, it's not funny, but the ironic thing is, if we were to ask your kids, you know, to do the same thing, they would put you right up there at number one. And if something was to happen you, if something was to happen your health, their worlds would be destroyed. Their worlds would be devastated. So you do matter and your health matters. And therefore self-care is not selfish. And I think this is the biggest thing that, you know, especially now as a mom that I'm so passionate about is that it's not selfish to look after yourself. And it's not selfish to take five minutes to, you know, go to the bathroom and just breathe and then come back um, or to get out for that five minutes, you know, fresh air or whatever it is, even if it's just out in the back garden, take your shoes and socks off and ground yourself in the earth. Those moments matter. And the accumulation of those moments will allow you to be a better mom. What you said about starting your day with coffee and ending it with wine, when we knew that we wanted another child and I decided to try and do a bit of integrated wellness and, you know, prioritize in a way myself that I hadn't, I hadn't been doing for a long time. And, um, it was said to me that, you know, my adrenal glands were just on fire, that I was just living on fight or flight. And all of these lifestyle aspects of feeling like, I'm in control of my career. I'm in control of the child I have. I'm in control of X, Y, and Z. We're limiting another child coming into our world. And we're, because my body was telling me, your plate is full. You have nothing left to give. And by introducing more integrated wellness in the ways that you've described, um, it definitely transformed me. And I'm now having such, you know, well, I was then having such a wonderful pregnancy then lockdown and COVID and anxiety and all those things hit, but I need to be reminded of it all the time because it shouldn't just be for a phase or a goal. It needs to be part of your life forever. Yeah. You know, you've said that, you know, so honestly and so beautifully and so authentically. And, and that is, you know, the reality for a lot of women in today's world and what I see quite regularly is, you know, when you're in that fight or flight and your adrenals get affected, what happens is the kind of science behind that is you will flood the body with cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And in that fight or flight state, your body, like it, we're so, we're such an intelligent, you know, there's such an intelligent wisdom within the body and the body will say, you know what, well, there's too much going on, as you said. There's too much stress there. It's not a safe place. There's, when you're in fight or flight, your body perceives you to be in a danger threat zone and you're on alert. Um, so the body would say, well, it's not a safe place to bring a child into this world. So your sex hormones are downregulated and not producing and not uh, as effective as they should be. So that's, that's what can happen to a lot of fertility issues. 
Um, so when, you know, when you, you, you say that so beautifully there and the, the beauty of it is when you know what's going on and if you try and introduce more of these integrated lifestyle techniques, tools or practices, it can be so transformative and healing for the body. And the beauty of it is they're not, it's not that, you know, difficult and it doesn't take up that much time and they're not expensive. For example, the breath costs nothing. We all have lungs, please God. And we can do it anywhere at any time. And it's one of the most powerful tools to balance the nervous system and get us back into a more centered state. So, you know, little things done regularly can have a huge lifelong lasting um, effect. And when they're little and when they're sustainable, then you'll do them. You know, when they're easy, they'll be more sustainable. So I'm very much about simplicity and practicality. And I know with, you know, I'm now being a mom and I'm an, uh, an auntie to 10 other nieces and nephews all under the age of 10. So there's a lot of um, kids in my, my immediate family. So I get it. Like, it's not always easy. It is busy when you have kids. But what are the tiny things that you can do every day that don't cost a lot? So it's getting your hot water and lemon in the morning getting out for five minutes, maybe out the back, even to stand on the, on the ground and breathe um, trying to get to bed that 10 minutes earlier. Um, if your kids are older or whatever it is, juggling that um, trying to do a little meditation, put in your headphones, get your kids involved with you, you know, um, you know, being present with your kids. These are all things that don't cost anything, but can really enrich the quality of your time and, and your role as a mother. I know as well that some people like to follow a program. You know, some people need that rigor, I suppose, or the feeling of like, you know, we see it when it comes to physical well-being or, you know, if people are on a weight loss journey or, you know, just feeling like, okay, I know what I have to do today. Um, you have developed a program. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling like that? Is is that designed to help those people that feel like I know what I should be doing, but I also really enjoy when somebody helps me achieve it? Yeah. Um, so I put together um, so my company, myself and my husband, our, our business is called Soul Space, and I have developed a program called Soul Space Elevate, and it's an integrated health and wellness program. Um, there's nine modules in it. It's all online and you can do it in your own time. So I think that's the beauty about being a mom or, you know, our, this program is you can do it at any time. Um, you don't have to complete it within a certain time frame. It's not live or interactive. You can just literally do it. You get all the, the information and content when you, when you register. So there's nine modules and it looks at different things like we've touched on here, which just goes into more detail and things like nutritional well-being, uh, our relationship with food, looking at gut health, and then looking at spirituality, um, you know, the, the power of connection, fun, community, looking at mindset, mental fitness, hydration, there's movement, all of that. So it's quite, quite a, you know, a circular wheel to integrated wellness. Um, and it's simple and it's basic. It's kind of like level one introductory to if you're new to this um, or if, you know, being healthy and well and all that kind of just is almost daunting to you this is a very nice introductory so in it there's a video but also there's exercises um, and 
you know, e-books and refre- reflective journaling exercises, which I feel are very powerful because you get to ask yourself real open and honest questions and you write about them in your own time. And it can really, I suppose, provide you insights and moments of awakenings in your own personal journey to where you are and where you want to be and where you want to go. Um, and then in each module, there's a guided meditation or visualization to accompany that specific theme or topic that's been discussed in the module. So, yeah, I think it, it will really help. It provides very practical tips and advice for people. Um, and for me, it comes back, back to simplicity. Um, what can be done that's sustainable? Uh, I'm not into these 21 day fad diets or these things that are great for short term and then you don't do it and then you feel crap again and you feel that guilt and shame and it's just this vicious cycle. I was in that for too long myself. So um, it's, as I said, it's simple, it's basic, it's kind of level one introductory, but um, I hope it is helpful to people to get a more integrative, holistic approach to how you can look after your health and your mind and your body as well as your soul. And I'll make sure to link all that information in the show notes because I'm sure anybody listening today will need more of you in their life (laughs) as I certainly feel right now Um, Miriam I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom um, in such a gentle way though that makes us understand you know why we might be feeling these things and how really simple daily methods can transform how we are from an energy source for ourselves and an energy source for raising the people that we love And I think that um, we certainly need more reminders on how to prioritize our own integrated wellness and not just be looking at food and calories and burning and exercise, but discovering the things that make our soul happy and joyful. Um, And especially, I think, as adults, not, not all of us have found that. And it's a time to get playful and maybe start picking up new hobbies and new ways of figuring what that is. So um, I can't thank you enough for your time today, uh, especially with an eight week old. <laughs> well, thank you so much for inviting me on um, to, to speak and chat today, Sinead. It's been an honor. It's been a privilege and a pleasure. And I just hope that uh, your listeners get something, so even if it's one thing out of this that they can apply to their own life that maybe resonates with them. Um, well then, you know, that's that's all I want. That's my my mission in life is hopefully to be of service in some small way. And if it helps, I, I'd be delighted. So thank you so much. I've absolutely no doubt that you have helped so many. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode has supported you to better nourish your mind, body and soul. We'd love you to rate and leave a review. Share this episode across social. Get in touch with this week's wonderful guest, Miriam Hussey on Instagram, or check out soulspace.ie for programs on how to energize, inspire, and change your world. Subscribe here, and we'll talk again next week. Water wipes are an essential for every mum, from that first nappy change to those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water, and our proud sponsors of Every Mum, the podcast.